go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 podcast presented to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. It's a bank to come home to because it's locally owned and operated. UCB provides the best in customer first care in Adair County, United Citizens Bank. We do it all right here. For the show's intents and purposes, I am your host, Will Rich, and I'm joined tonight by Mr. Michaela Shepard Clay Turner. Clay, how are you? I'm doing great, Will. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully. So this is pre-recorded, obviously, but by the time this airs, you will be Mr. and Mrs. Yep. Turner. How's, will, what's that like? Be a married man. You know, 10 days from now, I'll be able to let you know, Will, but right now it's more of a uh, future thing. I'm just ready for the wedding to be here. I feel like I've been engaged for 50 years. So tell all the listeners where you got married. Because we were we weren't saying it before, just in case all, oh, yeah. all of your groupies showed up. Oh yeah, I can say it now because this won't be out right. to the twelfth. The glass parlor. The glass parlor. So shout out to the glass parlor. That's yes. a local business in Adair County. Beautiful venue. Yeah. Shout out to Paige Nickel. I, yeah. I wanted to say Hutchinson. That's what her maiden name was. My fellow but, Egyptian. Oh yeah. Go see. I was really confused for a second. I was like <laughs> Egyptian. I was like, what are we? Where are we going here? <laughs> But yeah. uh, but yeah, shout out to Paige and Glass Partners, awesome. And then uh, me and Michaela actually, you know, when this will be put out, we'll be in Hilton Head on our honeymoon. Hello, Michaela from Hilton Head, because I know that you're listening right now in Hilton Head and you are having a wonderful time with Clay, but we can't talk about that. So the first segment is going to be brought to you by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey's has been the leader of optometry services in Adair County since 1981, and they are committed to providing the best personalized eye care possible for the people of Columbia. Clay, you might have so much fun in Hilton Head, you'll be looking to buy or sell real estate. And if you are, Luke Piles with Next Home Realty Experts is the man to call for all things real estate in Southern Kentucky. Residential, commercial, investment properties, he does it all. So give him a call or text today at 270-378-0405 or message him on any social media platform. Clay, we've got some things to talk about after the interview that we've been kind of teasing. We're going to hit up the Manti Teo documentary. So before we get into the interview, let's talk about the upcoming schedule for the Indians. We've got, looks like this week, we've got Casey County, correct? Yeah, Casey County's team is one of the most interesting. Their quarterback, when I say he's Mr. Do-It-All, he's Mr. Do-It-All. This is a guy who will run for 150, 160, throw for 150, 160. To describe it, their very first game this year, they threw, I can't remember how many times they threw it. They threw it 16 or 17 times. There was one throw that wasn't him. Well, he caught the pass that wasn't him. Oh. <laughs> he had he had twenty like 20-something carries. There was only one other guy who had a carry, one carry. So he threw or ran the ball or caught it every time but one time that first game. Wow. So and they're, uh, and they're playing really well right now too. Yeah, their offense except he's a six five, two ten. I mean, he's a big guy. Power rusher and stone I think Stonebreaker or however you pronounce it, his son's yeah. wide receiver. 
ever since he's been there, Case Kane is always solid. And offensively, he, he throws a lot of stuff at you that most teams don't. Yeah, and, of course, like we said, this is pre-recorded. Their first two games, they've put up some points, but they've given up a lot. They've given up 35, and they've given up 34 in a one-and-one record up to this point. Of course, by the time this airs, that will that record will be different, win or lose. But they put up a lot of points, but they also have been known to give up a lot of points. Now, that's with some pretty stout competition as well with Rockcastle and Lincoln Counties. Yes, but, yeah, that should be an interesting game. That's a game we're going to have to – slow it down and make it a grinded out, more low-scoring game. Because if it gets up in the 30s to 40s, that's not the type of game we want to play. Well, this is going to be a game that kind of tells us where we're at. It's going to be our measuring stick for where we are. If we can win four or five or if we're going to be along the lines of three or four. You know, there's a huge difference in high school football between a four and five win team and a three and four win team. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and this is going to be a big measuring stick for us. Uh, because Casey County is one of those, it's it's going to be a you can call it a premonition. I think we're going to be two and two by the time this game happens. I think we're going to beat Berea uh, so, and Clinton. Uh, this is a premonition because this is two weeks in advance, so Seth can cut it out if we lose to either team. But I just don't think it's going to happen. So you'll be two and two at that point, and this will be the game that you see kind of what we're made of. One hundred percent. Well, I, I agree. Awesome. Clay, you agreed with my football take. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Let's get into some more football takes and introduce our guest for the night, Clay. Tonight, we're going to be welcomed by a coach of mine and Seth Dunbar's. He had a two-time stand at Adair County for, as the head football coach. We're lucky to be joined by Coach Eric Graves. Coach Graves, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. I Good. Of course, you've been in the game of football for a long time, so i got to ask, where did your passion for football start? I'll be honest with you. It probably started back in back in Little League. You know, it was one of those things where I, at the time I lived in England because my dad was in the Air Force, and so I played soccer all the time. And I, I just – I'm thinking, I, I really want to play football. I want to play football. And finally, we got transferred our last two years to another base, that had little league football and man, I just, I fell in love with it. And then, uh, we came back and, uh, to the United States about the time I was in junior high. So I started playing in junior high and, and man, it's been, it's been football ever since then. Coach Graves, I did not know that you actually started off in England. Yeah. I, I played, I played soccer because in England they didn't have any football. And so the school that we went to, we played soccer. So, but, uh, you know, again, once we got to another school and I got a little older, I was able to, to play some football. Is it right you coached at Campbellsville for 18 years? Is that correct? I did. Actually, I co- you know, I originally coached, I coached baseball and football, both there. I had to make a choice between football because football was starting a, a spring practice and baseball was starting fall baseball. And I couldn't do it both, so I had to make a choice. And uh, I'll be honest with you, baseball, it was one of those things where anytime you got a rain, they kick back the doubleheader, doubleheader, doubleheader. Man, and you were playing double. We were playing doubleheaders four or five times a week. And I thought, nah, I'm, I'm going to go with football where all we did was practice all week and play just one time on Saturday. Coach, am I wrong in saying you played baseball at a pretty high level as well? Yeah, I did. You know, again, I was – it was one of those things where I'll be honest with you, 
I, I was I was on the team to make somebody else better, but they had to have they had to have others on the team to to you know to make them better. So, but uh, you know, again, that's uh, you know, I did it for a couple years, and uh, you know, it was it was time to uh, call it quits, and 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 I was wanting to get married, so it was one of those things where I decided to call it quits and uh, and get married and and start to working, but. Uh, you know, that was, it was fun though. It was fun. Coach Graves, your first stand in Dare County, what made you interested in the job the first time you came here and coached? Well, i tell you what, uh, John Peck had talked with me and, and I thought, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd like that. I was, I thought, yeah, it's, it's time. And, uh, and I headed over there, boy, i tell you what, I absolutely, my, i tell you what, my time at Dare County in both stints, oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, you know, between us here, you know, uh, I, I probably made a big mistake when I left Adair County to go, go to another school. And it was one of those things where, man, I, you don't realize what you had until you don't have it anymore. And that was one of the things with Adair County. I didn't realize how good I had it until I left and found out, man, you know, I had it pretty good Adair County. And, you know, the people at Dare County made it so good. That's that's what I think made it so good was, you know, the people we lived there in the community lived right down at the end of Appen Avenue. It was a great situation and I you know and I I regret not staying. Coach Graves, that first stint, did you coach one or two years? I coached one year. You coached oh four, am I correct? That's correct. I looked today and saw you guys were six and five that year. Uh-huh. Who was some of the main players on that team? Because was it Dio Warrich around that time? Dio was there. Dustin Morris, Blake Hatcher. Okay, I got you. Uh, Alex Nathan Bailey, Aik- or was he? Yeah, already graduated. Nathan Akins was there. He was okay. a quarterback. You know that was a that was a great group of guys. Super group of guys. The Keltner boys. Matt. Uh, Matt played then. Yeah. Matt played a year before. A year before. So. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where uh, you know it was a great it was a great situation, and uh, we did well. We opened up great that year. We beat Russell County right off the bat. Anytime you and let's put it this way, coming from a anytime you can beat Russell County, that's a good day. Then of course you have your second stint, and you coached three years, right? Three years, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, Of those three years, you know the first year had a pretty good team, pretty good record. Second uh-huh. year started off great, and then injuries kind of injuries happened awful that year. Yeah, your son gets hurt. I think we went through. Gosh, it's done telling three or four quarterbacks that year. Yeah, we did. We went. You know, when Dustin got in there, boy, I tell you what, we we took right off. Won the won the first three games, won them big, and then we went against uh, Monroe County, and well, that was when Monroe County was real good. You know, and uh, you know, and and we held up until the second half, and then. Dustin got hurt, and then we kind of tried to figure out quarterbacks. We tried to put in uh, Freddie there for a while. We finished up with Tyler McGehey. But again, you know, we, you know, it, it was it was one of those things where uh, I think uh, we won the last game and and was still able to uh, to make it to the playoffs. Coach, backtrack with me just a second. Going back to that okay. 2008 season, coming in your second stint at Adair County, and you're taking over a zero win team, one of two teams in 3A that went over for that season. 
So right. what goes into the mindset? What did you think needed to happen? Because the next year you go four and six, which in football is a dramatic shift from 0 and 10. So what goes into yeah. turning around a program like that? Well, i tell you what, I think more than anything was a situation where I, I got some good coaches. I was able to get some good coaches under me and the boys bought into what we were doing. You know, it was a, it was one of those things where uh, the boys just had to had to buy in. We had, you know, a little bit of talent and, and we were able to take that talent and, and work it. If you can get guys to buy into your program, uh, it's amazing how successful you can be. Coach Graves, what's your favorite memory of Bear County? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Probably <laughs> so some some of them I asked if I was asked Corey Young what was what was my greatest memory. It probably said when I uh when I kicked the uh, uh flag and it went over top of the official's head. <laughs> and I got you I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. <laughs> and we he tossed that flag down and I thought, you know, I can't believe you threw a flag on John Peck on that one and I kicked it. I had no idea that it was gonna do that and it went over top of the official's head and landed right there in front of him. And I thought, oh, no, oh, no. But uh, I think probably the, the, the greatest memory that, that I felt we had was each time that we, we took the boys to the playoffs. You know, uh, it was one of those things where uh, we didn't do it very many times. So, you, you know, you had – and then to be honest with you, uh, the districts we were in, it was difficult to make it to the playoffs in those districts. We were in the district with Bowling Green, Franklin Simpson, Logan County, you know, man. And, and Bowling Green was up there winning, the, winning state championships and Franklin Simpson winning state championships. Man, we, you know, we had a tough time, you know. And then what do we do? We get our first opportunity to go to a playoff and we get Hopkinsville when they got that quarterback that went to uh, UK. And I'm sitting there, man, you know, those are, those are great. To me, were great memories. Curtis Pulley, right? Curtis Pulley. Yeah, because he was, he was a really high recruit, and I think he got in trouble at Kentucky and never yeah. really did much at Kentucky, but he was a he, super high recruit. And I'm sure high school-wise, he, it was almost he was unfair. A, he was a man. <laughs> you got you got to play those type of teams to get better, you know, and uh, it, was, it, was a, it was something that was a memory. You know, and I know a lot of the guys there probably didn't care for the fact that we lost, but it it still is a memory for them. What was it like coaching your son? Well, I tell you what, I, I got him, and because of KHSAA rules, he wasn't allowed to uh, to play that 2008 season because of us transferring, you know, transferring him over and us still staying in our our same house that we stayed in. He was deemed ineligible to play that year. You know, but I was able to work with him quite a bit. And, you know, and the thing about him was is he knew the style of offense I run, you know, and, and, and he had uh, had seen it and watched it when I coached in the college. So it was one of those things where I was going to carry it over to uh, to high school, the same style of offense, the option. He was going to be a good option quarterback. You know, uh, we talked about it. We worked out quite a bit. But the strange thing was, was we drove to school every day together and drove back. We never talked football. That was the one thing. We never talked football when we were together in a car driving back and forth. We just we just talked about school and talked about some of the things that he liked doing and things like this. You know, I didn't want a, a situation where uh, dad was just hovering over top of him with football all the time. He did well. He did, you know, he did well. We, uh, matter of fact, we jumped out of, on, on that start and 
we beat Taylor County right off the bat. Uh, we ran the option well. And, and, you know, we had some good running backs. You know, we had uh, Tim Beard at that time. Tim was there and Freddie was there. Freddie, Tim, Tim. Uh, Kanasia, Colton Hadley. That's right, Kanasia. And, and uh, you know, yeah. we had a good group. We had a good group that uh, that ran there and ran it. You know, and one of the best things probably with Dustin was, is I was able to tell him, you know, this is what we want. This is what you got to see. And he was able to see what defense. And a lot of times, you know, they'd say, man, great call coach. Well, I didn't call it. Dustin called it, <laughs> you know? So it was one of those things where he did a lot of the play calling right there on the field, simply because uh, he knew what I'd wanted. If we saw ones and threes, he's going to go do certain things. If we saw, if we saw two a gaps, you know, Something like that, we would call off the plays. Something else. That group was that group was a great group of kids. Dustin was definitely by far the best one at reading the defenses. I mean, he never got it wrong, and he was very comfortable in it. You could tell that he came from that background. But I was going to ask you: Was there any other quarterback that you coached while you were at Adair County that you just felt like got it? The ones that you were really proud of. Yeah. Tell you what, two thousand four. Nathan Aikens was my quarterback. Nathan, he got to where he read it well, you know, and, and we, we ran the option there. And, and again, D.O. Dio was uh, running back during that time. And the Keltner boy was the uh, fullback and D.O. was uh, tailback. And he, he could do, he did well. He did well. i tell you another one that uh, I wish I uh, had a little bit more time with him. I think he could have made was Tyler McGahey. You know, Tyler was when Tyler took over for Dustin at the you know at the end of that season. He was so young. He was so young. I tell you what, you know, and there were some that that I would love to have had a quarterback. You know, uh, 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 Willis Boy. I'd love to had the Willis Boy on the team, but he came a little bit later. I tell you the one that this you're gonna you're gonna get a kick out of this one. Who I tried like crazy to run quarterback for me was uh, Nick Fudge. Yeah, Nick would have yeah. been Nick probably would have been really really good at that. I, I thought Nick would have been tremendous, but he was he was pretty focused on basketball. But uh, I thought he'd have run a good – he'd have been a good quarterback. Coach, you never tried to get Tim Beard to run quarterback for you? Boys, I had a tough time getting Tim Beard to, to – I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let me put you this way. If uh, if you needed to break up stress and things like this, now, Tim Beard's one. Boys, I'm telling you what, never know what Tim Beard will do. I think probably – I'll tell you what. You know, we talk stories, things like that. I still, to this day, I'll never forget when I walked in the locker room. I was out with the JV. We were getting ready to play. I walked into the uh, locker room to get the JV's food. And uh, the varsity boys had eaten the food. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, you know, what's funny, Coach Graves, we've had Tim on. Tim told that story on here. And you know who he blamed for it? No. He said Coach Peck said it was okay. That was what he, that's what he said. I'm not gonna try to, you know, say who's right or wrong. But uh I put it this way, I went nuts. I went <laughs> you, you know, and like I said me and Seth played for Coach Graves and Coach Graves was a players coach. He was someone who honestly didn't yell a lot. You would get into it but like you was a pretty calm demeanor person. But when you saw that to say you went nuts is an understatement. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, that was something. 
we're going to end up stressing you out after all this, but there's another one that you'll love too. And it involves Tim. And that was when he didn't wash his jersey that weekend. You remember that one? <laughs> you made him wear it that next practice. And my gosh, I mean, it, it was, was awful. It was, it was painful to be, be anywhere near him. <laughs> oh, that's that. That's Tim. I'm telling you, boys, but I'm going to tell you one thing right now. If you needed a couple yards, Give the ball to him. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen like if any sport someone who had a better motor than Tim yeah. Beard. Like physically, if you look at Tim Beard, he really was not that physically impressive. No. He was he was a strong kid, but like he didn't look that athletic. He wasn't that heavy or that big for a fullback. But his motor and Seth will back me up on this, and Coach Graves, you will too. For the guy to be one of I honestly think he was the best football player I played with in high school. But the fact that his hands were so bad. Oh, goodness. But yet so good at fullback is amazing. I, I, I could not. I had a couple pass plays in the, you know, in my, uh, in the repertoire of, of, of plays, but I couldn't throw the ball to him. We could not throw the ball to him. But I'm telling you, he was, he was one that would give you everything he got. That was one thing about Tim. You know, during a game, during right, he would give you everything he's got. There was a classic practice story where Tim was begging you to throw him the ball. He was convinced that he could do it. And <laughs> you said, okay. He gave him one chance, and somebody threw I don't remember who was playing quarterback at the time, but somebody threw it and hit him right in the chest and literally <laughs> hit him right in the chest because it never touched his hands. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Coach Gray, you uh, talking about you talked about Coach Peck. What's your favorite Coach Peck story of coaching with him? I'll tell you what. Coach Peck was one that, uh, you know, again, probably probably the time that, uh, you know, I had gotten a, I'd gotten a penalty on the sideline, and then second penalty gets kicked out, and Coach Peck took over and, and started uh, ripping on the umpire there on the sideline there, the sideline judge, and uh, that was when that kid, when, when he threw the flag, and I and that's when that's when I I, I just didn't think anything. But I just went over and kicked that flag, and I'm thinking, Dad, gummit, I just got kicked out of a ball game because of Peck. Peck threw that Peck and throw that got that guy to throw that flag down there, and I and I thought, Oh, Peck, I can't believe you did that. And then I turned around and do what I did because I got kicked out of that game. I had to sit out the next game, and I was in my classroom watching the game on TV. But I'll never forget coming back into the uh, the school that Monday morning, and I walked down the hallway, and then the hallway was was uh, uh, Troy Young, and there was Brent Campbell, and there was John Peck, and all of them. And as I'm walking down through there, all of a sudden, yellow flags flew from everywhere. <laughs> down the hallway. That's, that's pretty good. That's great. <laughs> we all, we always try to find other people that have been tossed from a game because Will's been tossed, so. <laughs> It's yeah, it makes me feel a lot better. It's good Especially to know we got a couple a man of in character here like you to have also joined me here. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I can't blame mine on anybody though. Mine was my own fault. My mine was my own fault too. And, and to this day, it was kind of crazy because every time we went to the coaching clinic at the very beginning of the year, and we had a, the officials would talk about the new new rule changes, things like this. Oh, God, they always brought up. Oh, by the way, Coach Graves, the rule's still in it. You kick the flag and, and you're out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Coach Graves, I'm going to ask you some questions and about some of the players okay. you've had at Dare County. Who is the toughest player you think 
you coached in Chimedadare County. Oh, wow. Um, By the way, you can mark me off the list pretty quickly. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I would say uh, Tim was probably one of those those uh, individuals. I'll tell you uh, another one. Oh, golly. Uh, uh, oh, Oba Thompson. Oba was hard-nosed running back. Because I'm going to go hard and I'm going to do it for my street. You know, and, uh, and, and again, he was one that, uh, well, if he got a shot at you, he's going he's to take it. And then I think, I guess, the one that probably, the one on defense, if he got to take it, if he got a shot at you, I mean, he would knock your head off, was uh, Blake Hatcher. Yeah. Blake, Blake, Blake was one of them that would, you know, and, and here's a little story about Blake Hatcher. At that time, we had a uh, uh, men's soccer coach, Piper. I don't know if you remember. Piper was the men's soccer coach, and one of his soccer players got hurt, and he asked me if I would let one of my football players uh, play in a soccer game because they needed one soccer player. Sure. I gave him Blake Hatcher. Blake Hatcher, he ended up, I, I think he ended up second that year uh, on scoring, and he, he got the most uh, yellow cards, too, because he was so aggressive. <laughs> he, got, he got yellow card all the time. But, uh, yeah, Blake Hatcher, Blake Hatcher played soccer and uh, football that year. But he was, oh, golly, he was a hothead sometimes, though. <laughs> Coach Graves, who was the player you had that you thought was the funniest? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think that's a good one there. Who's the funniest? Oh, goodness gracious. I can, pick, I can see his face now. Coach Graves, what year? He was a receiver for us. Redheaded boy, uh, uh, probably. I think it was no. He was 08, I think oh eight or oh nine. Mikey Usry. Mikey Usry. Mikey Usry. Oh my goodness, he was hilarious. And I think I tell I tell you a story. On one, uh, I thought I was going to break his neck. Kyle Curry. <laughs> we were playing. We were playing Taylor County at Taylor County. Okay, it was in two thousand nine, and we first series in the second half. I was calling plays in with the receivers, and I looked around for Kyle. He's not around. Where's Kyle at? Where's Kyle at? And here I look over. Kyle is coming out of the bathroom, and he's buttoning up his pants, and I'm trying to get the play in. <laughs> Go sit down. Go sit down. And I grabbed somebody else and threw him in there real quick, and then uh, then I pulled him over to call. But he, he was – he was in the bathroom when I was trying to uh, trying to get a play run. Oh, no. <laughs> but but God, Kyle was such a good kid that I, I I couldn't stay mad at him. Coach Graves, who was the most business like that you had? I would say I'll be honest with you, Seth Dunbar. I can see that a hundred percent. I agree with that a hundred percent. Seth Dunbar, boy, I'll tell you one thing right now. When he came on that offensive line, boys, we had a doozy. We got, we, you know, we had a pretty good offensive line that year. I would probably go with your son, yeah. even though I know, I know, you know, you may not want to pick him, but he kept everybody going. And he was, you know, again, he was one that, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I had worked with him enough that uh, he had seen where, you know, uh, he knew what I was thinking. And I, I still, to this day, I tell him, I said, if you would have been a little faster, that boy in Monroe County wouldn't have caught you. And he said, Dad, 
said he 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 horse collared me, and that's what he did. He horse collared him and pulled him right down on his ankle and broke his ankle. It it was one of them stories of I'll never forget uh, with Dustin. He's laying out there on the field. I'm going out, and I you know when I got there, Pettit John Pettit met me out there because we were playing. He was coaching at Monroe. Met me out there, and he said, Dad, it's he said it's broke. And I said, let's let's just wait till, you know, till we find out for sure. He said, no, Dad, I know it's broke. He said, I won't be able to play anymore, will I? And I said, you know, let, let's just wait and see. And so help me. He looked up at me and he said, that's okay, Dad. God's got something else for me to do. And I thought, oh, my goodness. It's one of them lessons where your son teaches the father the lesson. And he taught me a lesson. You know, I couldn't help it. I, I rolled off and turned around. and I tossed my headset and uh but it, you know yeah it was it was broke and i knew it was broke because on the way out uh doc had told me he said uh this coach is broke going back to that i know it's a terrible memory i i guess it was more being proud of him than anything but i remember i remember being in the huddle during that of course that's a very emotional time when you see somebody go down like that but i have a vivid memory of that and i honestly i wouldn't have brought it up had you not brought it up but i remember looking back at you being over top of dustin and it was probably one of the sadder things i think i remember from any and look and now that you say that it sounds like it was more just you were proud and all that stuff of of him and i look over and uh john pettit the head coach over at monroe county has got dustin with his head in his lap you know and i'm sitting there and you know he beat me out there. He beat me out there, and he's got my kid. But it was one of those things where we spent that night in uh, Norton's Hospital in Louisville getting surgery. I hated to see him go down. You know, we had things rolling that year, and I thought we were going to really do something big. Coach, that's actually a good segue into my next thing. We aren't going to keep you too much longer. We're all kind of prepping up our our last questions for you, but that is a good segue because for those of us that didn't play football but were around the program at the time, when we think of Coach Graves, we definitely think of a man of faith and how important that was to you even as as a teacher in the school and as a football coach. I see I'm kind of doing a little bit of research on you as we speak, and I see that you were the FCA Kentucky College Coach of the Year in 1996, and you were nominated in 95, and again in 97 for the Huddle Leader of the Year Award for the FCA. And I just wanted to talk about how important your faith was to you and is to you both in your personal life and as a football coach as well. It's an important part of my life, even now. I was fortunate also at at uh, Dare County and the fact that, uh, I, you know, they allowed me to share my faith. Chatrice was the superintendent at that point in time, and he, you know, made it very plain that I can share my faith. You know, when I was able to do that, everything that I do now uh, revolves around my relationship with Christ. And, and I wanted to carry that over to uh, the ball players and the students. We had a pretty good-sized FCA group there at Dare County. You know, I can still remember that because there was – uh, Coach Peck was there on it with me, and Bryant was there. You know, Coach Robinson. So you know, it was a, it was a great uh, group of people. But you know, it, it's even to this point now. Uh, you know, when I do any recruiting, uh, you know, I don't coach anymore football. And you're gonna love this one. I am the head men's and women's bowling coach at Campbellsville University. I'd seen that. I actually did see that. Uh, I didn't know they, if you were still doing that or not. But yeah, yeah. They asked me if I would take that over. And my knowledge of bowling is very limited, but I've got some great assistant coaches that, that know about the game, you know, but I, you know, when I recruit, I still to this day share 
that, uh, you know, there are three major decisions that they'll make in your life is one is, uh, the number one decision is your relationship with Christ. And I let everybody know that I recruit that that's important for me. That's number one for me. You know, and I, then I tell them, I said, it's that, that husband or wife that they take that decision. And the third one is the school that they're going to, you know, and I still to this day let students know that the decisions that they make right now will affect their grandkids. You know, and I have a lot of them go, are you serious, coach? I'm not even dating anyone. Yeah, but I'm telling you, the decisions you make now affect your grandkids. You know, and they they don't realize it until they get get to where they're getting older and they realize that, you know, yeah, if I think college is important in my life, then uh, my kids are going to think it, my grandkids are going to think it. Whether I'm coaching football, teaching, or I'm just uh, watching football game, my relationship with Christ impacts everything I do. I think it's important that uh, as coaches that we share those things. Coach, before we get to Clay's final couple questions, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about Coach Finley because I know we heard tons about Coach Finley from Peck and, and you, so I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about him and how much he impacted you. Well, Coach Finley was one that uh, I'll never forget. He asked me, he said, uh, what What are your goals? I said, i eventually be a head, head football coach. And he said, okay, we're going to start working right now on that. And he was, you know, when, when he interviewed me, you know, a lot of times you get these big interviews, you go in and you, you know, you bring in stuff and you, you know, he asked me two questions when he interviewed me. He said, one, do you know Jesus Christ? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, two, can you be loyal to me? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're hired. And that was the whole interview was those two questions. And come to find out, I found out later that's how he interviewed all coaches. Coach Reiner, when Coach Reiner came in, he asked Coach Reiner the same two questions. That was all he wanted to know was, was, are you a Christian and can you be loyal? He said, I'll teach you everything else. And to this day, there's still things that go on in my life that I revert back to what he taught me. You know, and I, and I guarantee you, John Peck can tell you the same thing. How I coached and the things I did was Coach Finley. Coach Graves, you know, you're talking about coaching bowling, so I got to ask you. Okay. How good of a bowler are you yourself? What's your average score? Let's put it this way. It's been so long since I threw a ball down an alley. I, I you know, it, I, I try to tell the kids when I bowled, it was back when we didn't worry about old patterns. We didn't worry about, I had one plastic ball and one rubber ball. That's all I worried about. All I know about bowling right now, you get two balls to knock down 10 pins. If you can do it with one, one ball, that's great. That's what I know about bowling. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to say before we close out, you know, Coach Graves was a person I love playing for. He's a great man. But, you know, there's always something wrong with someone, right? Dustin's amazing. But there's one thing wrong with him, too. Y'all are Buckeye fans. <laughs> I knew once he started, that's where that was going. I mean. Well, I tell you what, understand something. There's two types of fans in this world. There are Buckeye fans, and people wish they were Buckeye fans. <laughs> See, y'all are the college. It always says the, you know, everybody's got their call. Ohio you know, State. Yeah, it's the Ohio State. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's my only problem with Dustin and Coach Graves is the fact that they're Ohio State fans. And we still are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, we appreciate you taking your time to, to talk to us tonight. We appreciate all that you've done for the community of Adair County and the, and the school at the high school. 
and congratulations on a wonderful career and uh, looking forward to seeing what your bowling team accomplishes here in the future. So we appreciate you, Coach. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate Dare County. To this day, I can go into Dare County and run into people that uh, uh, I met when I was there. And man, you would think I'm still there. They're just a great group of people. You know, I love uh, uh, everything from Dare County, from the band all the way down. You know, I love them. And uh, Clay and Seth, you two, uh, I just appreciate you, you two so much. You were awesome, awesome uh, young men that played for me. And uh, best part about you guys, you were so coachable. You know, it made coaching easy for me because you were so coachable. I'm glad they were coachable then because they're stubborn old mules now, Coach. (laughs) Take care, guys, and I love you guys. Love you, Coach. Thank you, you, man. Thank you. Okay, bye. Clay, Coach Graves was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed listening to him. I always enjoy listening to him talk about anything, but to hear his kind of his football takes on some things, that that was definitely an interesting thing to to sit and listen to as a person who didn't play for him. Yeah, uh, Coach Graves, like I said, always great man, which he is, but he's a great talker. And, you know, I knew when we got him for this interview, he was going to be a good one. And he didn't let let me down at all on that. I thought it was a fantastic interview. I thought so too, Clay. So thank you again to Coach Graves. This next segment is brought to you by Jeffries Hardware. Jeffries is known to have what you need for your next project. Milwaukee Power Tools, Porter Paint, Rental Center, they've got it all. So go see the folks at Jeffries Hardware, the friendly hardware store. And I still pause right before I say that, Clay. I've, I've got it in my head. <laughs> I know. I, I noticed it more this time, Will, than, than ever before. And I tried. I tried not to, and it just I just knew I'd screw And I don't know why I'm worried about messing it up, because Seth will always go back and fix it. But he will also tag it at the end of the episode and replay it over and over again, which I'm sure he's doing as we speak with the drop that he's made. Now speaking, that of, that, but. speaking of, you know, there's a lot of things that Seth keeps and puts it, you know, kind of like his drops. What's your favorite drop that Seth has? Because he hasn't released them all on us yet. Yeah, he needs to have a have an episode. Maybe, our, you know, whenever in our future, whenever the last one we do, maybe it's just going to be a drop. You know, a lot of drops. Uh, I don't know. The one, Will, what's the one that you have? You do that. Honestly, I know exactly which one mine is. Nice butt number two. That's probably that's a good one. That's a good. That one. is a good one. That's a very good one. Isn't there like, one that you you say something about a doctor? Oh, my butt doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually not in an episode. It was an outtake, and Seth kept yeah. it. I was talking about my butt doctor. I had polynodal cyst surgery. I haven't had butt <laughs> surgery of any other sort. <laughs> and this is what Wes will choose to write in the county line. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of afraid how many drops is going to come from uh, your wife's five questions for me. Oh, yes. So last week we talked about I was able to jump the hurdle. And by this time, there will be a video posted on our social media page that you see me jumping a hurdle so that you understand that it was uh, no small task to get a man of my mass over a 42 inch (laughs) hurdle. But Clay had a wager going with Samantha. I think you can get an NIL deal for this, Will. (laughs) You get an NIL deal? I think you could. Like get free Subway cookies or something. But you had a wager with my wife that she was going to be able to ask you five questions on the podcast that you have to answer. Yeah. 
And so we we need to set up a time for that to happen. We'll set up a segment with tonight is not the time we went over on our on our interview. We were having so much fun with Coach Graves. So tonight is not the time for that. But I feel like, you know, do they still do 60 minutes? Is that still a show? Uh, Clay, I have no idea. I assume that it is. It's one of those. I feel like it doesn't go away. You know, it's how it's like in the dark. It's in that black. I feel like that's how this needs to go. It just needs to be in the dark and be like, so Clay. I feel like that's how every six. You're probably dead on, honestly. You're probably dead on. I've never watched a second of 60 Minutes, but I feel like that's how every 60 Minute interview goes. Clay, I mentioned a few minutes ago that this is what Wes will choose to write in the county line. And the county line does a an article weekly, right? To talk about what you need to what you need to watch over the weekend. And we love that article. It's probably yeah. my favorite thing that they do other than post the Crowd 44 podcast. Shout out to Jordan Willis. Yeah. So one of the things that he had written about was on Netflix. It was the girlfriend that didn't exist, the Manti Teo story. And we teased that a couple of weeks ago that we were going to talk about that. So if you want to watch that and you haven't watched it yet, pause the episode, go watch it. And then come back to us because there will be some spoilers. Also, if you haven't watched it and you don't want to, you can either A, keep listening, or B, just turn the podcast off. We've already got our reads in for the night, so we've already already trapped you into listening to our ad. So, Clay, let's talk about the girlfriend that didn't exist. I've got to tell you my number one takeaway from – I've only watched – Episode one so far. So maybe we can talk about episode two the next time we're we're together. But my number one takeaway, and if you don't believe me, go Google it. He didn't look like it in college or high school or whatever, but Manti Teo, and this is nothing against who I'm talking about, is a Polynesian Chance Mountain, just the way they look. I can, you know, I could kind of see that. I I told you I, today, I sent you a picture. Yeah, I can totally see that. Me and my fiance now wife when you listen to this watch this together we watch both parts back to back so we're just going to talk about episode one right now but the thing i took from it was manti teo may have been you know manti teo was an extremely nice dude and it may have turned out to be a bad thing in this case and got. what about the people that surround him like his friend that they interviewed that was like, yeah, I thought this was really weird. But. Yeah, the friend I don't know about. Maybe the, the craziest part to me is the fact that the person who, Lenny or whatever, who was portraying the girl acted like they were in an accident. Yeah, okay. So And not he, just acted he like. Googled it. The friend. Yeah, and didn't say, but not just acted like they were in an accident like. Manti Teo would call like almost every night and you could hear like the trouble breathing and all this stuff. Is he the most gullible person on the face of the planet? He is, but they also went so far extreme. They did, but Clay. And also, this is coming from someone who watches a lot of catfish episodes. And I'm going to tell you this. This person actually went into more effort catfishing than almost anyone I've ever seen. Listen, the dude that catfished him i think is one of the worst human beings alive and i think that he doesn't care because in the interviews he would be like yeah i knew that it was selfish but that's what i wanted to do at the time yeah and 
episode two, you're going to see more Will and like how effective Matateo and stuff. But yeah, he was gullible. But he also, though, in his defense, there was a lot of things that that person did like to make sure to back it up. Yeah, but how much of this is on Mantateo, do you think? Because at some point you're, which he said that in 2000 and whatever this was, I don't remember, 2009. Catfishing wasn't a big thing. It was, catfishing wasn't a thing. Like you didn't realize that that, but was it Clay or it, was that just his perception? Because like, I feel like, like my parents didn't let me have Pixo because they were afraid somebody would use my, like we were taught as small children, don't trust people on the internet. Like you got to yeah. make sure that they are who they say they are. But then also we all had MSN and we all talked to that. Seth, what's the robot's name on, was it, what was the robot's name on MSN that everybody would talk to and say hurtful things to it because it would still reply very friendly. You remember, are you there? Let me look it up. Okay. Seth's going to look it up because he knows what I'm talking about. It was like my buddy or something like that. I don't remember. Well, I don't know if you've seen this part. This might make you a little bit feel more sorry about Mante Tao. The person actually knew the person in the pictures. Yeah. The girl. And she texted her and told her to send a picture to her. So what does she think about all this? Is she in episode two? Yes. You said, okay. Like, she okay. finds okay. out okay. about so it. We'll get into that. But, but man, like, Mante Tao was like, send me a picture to show it's really you. And it literally was sent like in five minutes. But Clay, it'd be like every time that he would call and want to FaceTime or whatever, like they wouldn't have service. Or have, have you seen Catfish Will the show? No. See, this is maybe this has come from this part because I'm gonna tell you something. There are people who do it, and this person who actually did it, I will give them this. And this is not a good credit, but this is credit. They did it about as perfect as you possibly could have done. Most of these people will who catfish. I'm not just saying this. They're not just bad at it. They're awful at it. And, like, there are people who will literally think they're talking to, like, a celebrity. Like, one person thought they were talking to Katy Perry. See, I just don't understand. So, his friend Googles the car wreck. The car wreck is nowhere to be found. You can't Google, like, if you Google a car wreck with a specific name, like, somebody wrote about it. And, you know something? Yeah, that I give you... Stuff. This person is still the, it's just compounding to be the worst person that I've ever. Well, honestly, Will, if you watch the Catfish show, there's some w- people that are really. But then another thing really to me that up. blames, I just want to blame Mantateo for this also, is because who would honestly, like who is, who's falling for the breathing into the phone and being like, man, die, man well, die. well, I think that's the- really weird. It is weird, but also the fact that they put in the effort to randomly do this. Yeah, why? What kind of life is this person living that that they've got? Time, this is what they do in their free time. Yeah, that's and well, not just that. This person was singing in the choir at church. Yeah, well, we're not going to go into everything that uh, <laughs> all the layers of episode one that we probably should go into because we don't want it to be that kind of show, but. But I did find out that the name of the robot was Smarter Child. Smarter Child. That's right. But I just think what, so did the friend never go to him and say, listen, this is, and what about his cousin who said, yeah, I know her. 
So Man Titeo gets a friend request from this girl, and he says he calls his cousin, and he's like, "Hey, do you know so and so?" And he and all the people, all of the people that he contacts and asks if he knows them, say yes. See, that's another reason why I'm like ten to fifteen. Like he tried to back some of this stuff up, and like didn't happen. But if you are in a serious relationship with this girl, and she is like on life support, do you not go visit her? Now that that part is 100 percent good true. But also, though, he was busy with Notre Dame football. Yeah, but, I mean, Clay, if you were in, like, a love relationship with somebody and they get in – like, I feel like your football coach would say, I understand you need to go, but come back. Like, Yeah, which I guess the fact that he hadn't seen her first to begin with kind of made it, you know. And she would have been terribly hard to find since she wasn't in a hospital. Or, like, send her flowers or something. Be like, what hospital you're at? I'm going to send – or what hospital is she at? I'm going to send her flowers. And then – so she dies. Does he not, like, get curious about a funeral? You're feeling a little – I mean, he obviously gets involved with this, in according to him, because he's a good person and he wants to help these help this person, you know, through difficult times. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, I'm, I am – But Tammy or whatever his name is is just a horrible person. Yeah, that person I uh, hope straightens her life out better. But, uh, yeah, they made some, you know, as Steve Martin would say, that person did not make wise decisions. Yeah, no, truly didn't. So we'll talk about uh, episode two the next time we get together. Let us know what you think. We always want to hear from you. So if you like the show, have suggestions, or you want to get in on the conversation about the girlfriend that didn't exist, we're on Twitter at Tribe44Podcast, on Instagram under the same handle, Facebook, as well as the county line at adair-russell.com. That's where you'll find your up-to-date scores and schedules for Adair County Sports. And you'll find out what's next on our list of things that we're going to binge watch. We'll try to do this once a month. If we can, we'll try to find something we're interested in, which the list is always interesting. But if we can't come to a common agreement, we just won't do the segment but uh it's another thing for us to do that's fun but clay if you don't have anything else this has been a long one so we'll let everybody go this has been the tribe 44 podcast don't forget to hit subscribe on your preferred method of listening just to make sure you never miss any content and we will talk to y'all later let's go despite what you do who you are just stay true when you grind and go hard i'm a real go-getter put columbia on the map if you think i'm playing yeah you think i'm playing Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street I don't know if you know this, but I'm getting married in a week and a half. You are? Yeah, I'm getting married in a week and a half. You got any uh, advice, marriage advice? Yeah, yeah. Understand. She's always right. (laughs) (laughs) I figure that's, yeah. I think I've heard that a couple times.